I'm Chris Stuchko, co-host of the Ninth Grade Experience Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, do you like awesome rings? Uh, Do you need a ring to replace one that you lost long ago? Or do you, like me, need a new wedding band because yours is no longer fixable hmm well i have this cool sponsor boone titanium rings they can be found at boonrings.com they are made from titanium and you can get the rings carved engraved inlaid laser cut uh there's special collections like the hunter series and gamer rings the black zirconium yeah cool stuff they have models that have meteorite wood or other inlays it's so cool go to boonrings.com to find out all the cool stuff that they make and at checkout use my code capital t capital l capital l capital k the number 12 and you will get 10 percent off They're total, and uh, you'll help out this podcast. Once again, you use the code TLLK12, and you will get 10% off the total, and you will help this podcast. Thanks so much. I love my ring, and I know you will love yours. Hey, welcome back. Steve here, and today I'm talking with David Adams. David is the CEO of the Urban Assembly. This is an awesome conversation about making a difference in kids' lives and future. Powerful discussion. Thanks so much for listening. And and, and by the way, before you go, it would be so awesome if at the end of the show, could you rate and review the podcast? That'd be so cool. You could just go into your app and uh, let's say you're listening to Apple or Google or whatever. You go in there and uh, just go through there and uh, give us a rating. Could you do that for me, please? That would be so nice. Thanks so much. Enjoy the show. It's the education podcast, your favorite show, with lots of groovy guests, and they share what they know. So crank it up the tin and let your neighbors know that here's another show with Dr. Steve Milletto. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Ah, ah, with Dr. Steve Milletto. David Adams is the chief executive officer of the Urban Assembly. He started with the UA in 2014 as the Director of Social-Emotional Learning, where he created the Resilient Scholars Program, RSP, a unique approach to integrating SEL into curriculum and classroom practices across the UA network. RSP has grown into a national program serving schools and districts in Los Angeles, Houston, Syracuse, and other cities. As a Senior Director of Strategy, David led the expansion of the organization into a model provider of school support with an emphasis on innovation and equity in public education. In 2021, David received the Champion of Equity Award from the American Consortium for Equity in Education. David sits on the board of CASEL and is an author of the Educator's Practical Guide to Emotional Intelligence and a co-author of the textbook Challenges to Integrating Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Programs in Organizations. He is a Civil Affairs Officer in the Army Reserve and holds an MED in uh, Educational Psychology from Fordham University. Urban Assembly is a nonprofit that not only supports its own public schools, 23 in New York City, but also hundreds of schools across the country and locally. The Urban Assembly has been at the forefront of innovation in public education for 25 years to solve challenges for teachers and administrators who devote themselves to elevating our students. Listen as we talk about how the nonprofit he runs nurtures and supports leadership in schools in underrepresented and underserved communities, specifically its career-themed education programs, which includes training for careers as disparate as finance, aquaculture, manufacturing, and the law. Real-world exposure that can ease their way into the workplace or into college. Uh, David, thanks for joining me on the show. Say hi to everyone. 
Well, hello to all your listeners. I'm very excited to be here calling in from uh, New York City, um, 90 Broad Street, downtown Manhattan. I'm really excited to talk about the work that our schools are doing in order to improve public education. Very cool. Well, glad to have you here. And I can't wait to talk about some of these, especially because, yes, those some of those career fields are very like the aquaculture one, which I think is really cool. So um, they're all cool. That I didn't mean it that way. It's like, uh, but I, it's, it's really cool. If, if there was a competition, Steve, uh, you would think maybe that one may attract your attention or your children's attention uh, to come to that school. So the Green Careers or Assembly School for Green Careers would be that school that you'd be interested in. It's very cool. So nice stuff. And uh, so I got to ask you, so what's what's the temperature? What's the weather like where you are now since you're in New York City? Uh, it's about 30 degrees out there today. Um, it's been warmer. It's been colder. Uh, but it's this is what it is today. I just had some great lunch. Um, had a good time uh, having a conversation with a colleague. Um, so, yeah, that's the temperature here in New York City. How about yourself? Hey, we're at uh, 58 degrees. And uh, um, it's this Yesterday at this time, the sky was bright blue and gorgeous, uh, but uh, right now it's uh, cloudy and, uh, you know, but 58. So we're... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I kind of get the sense that you asked me that just to rub in uh, what you were feeling down in, in your area versus what we're doing in New York City. Would I do that? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yes. <laughs> well, 58 is not a bad temperature, my friend. No, it's not. No, it's not. So, um, and neither is 30. So does that mean that you got snow on the ground or... I mean, we had a little snow on yeah. Sunday, but I mean, really just a sprinkling, uh, just kind of like a, a, a dash, um, not enough to get anybody uh, upset about car travel or anything like that. Gotcha. Now, see here, the, the difference is a little bit like that, and they all get concerned. It's got to cancel everything. <laughs> I know. I've, I've been there. I, it's a big deal when <laughs> snow comes down in your area. Most definitely. So, I used, I used to have a friend from Boston, and he would. He's like, "Why are you guys canceling school?" He goes, "We we." We eat this stuff, man. <laughs> For breakfast, I hear that very much. <laughs> nice. So, so David, let's. We're here to talk about uh, uh, Urban Assembly. Tell us all what Urban Assembly is all about. Well, it's a great question. Um, so, the mission of the Urban Assembly is the advance the economic and social mobility of young people by improving public education. Um, uh, that means we do in innovation within public education, and that's around four design principles. Uh, the first is social and emotional learning. Um, the second is career-connected learning, when we talk about post-secondary readiness. Um, the third is high-quality academics. Um, and the last is leadership and community support. That is excellent. So uh, good stuff. So we're going to get into some of the specifics there. And uh, th this is awesome. We got, uh, you know, so let's talk about the several schools that offer career themed education for just a minute. So, so kind of give an idea about that since we've been a hint to them. Um, there's the Urban Assembly Maker Academy, um, mm -hmm. preparing students for technology and product design careers, the Urban Assembly School for Collaborative Healthcare, the Urban Assembly School for Emergency Management, the Urban Assembly School for Global Commerce, uh, preparing students for careers in supply chain management, the Urban Assembly Gateway School for Technology, the Urban Assembly School for Green Careers, and the uh, Urban Assembly New York Harbor School, which includes programs ranging from aquaculture to professional diving. Uh, could you share a little bit about the design of these schools and, uh, you know, kind of like, we're, you know, how, did, how you settled on these topics? These are cool topics. These are cool career fields. I mean, the coolest. Um, uh, our Urban Assembly Harbor School has uh, opportunities like diving, um, aquaculture in terms of developing kids' uh, ability to develop things like uh, clams and, and uh, aquaculture in terms of the harbor. 
Um, we have things like Gateway, which is focused on innovation and technology. The Maker Academy, where kids spend all time or the time in a maker space, much of their time, I should say, in a maker space, really solving the kinds of problems that we ask professionals to solve today. So um, one of the challenges I think that uh, we see in public education right now is that young people are not always clear about how their education is going to translate into the real world. Uh, what does it mean to learn algebra today, but what does it really mean to take the skills of algebra and solve the kinds of problems that real people are facing every single day? So here at the Urban Assembly, uh, we started in 1997, and we started with the Bronx School for Law, Government, and Justice over in the Bronx, right around the corner from Yankee Stadium, your favorite baseball team. I think we talked about this a little earlier. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That would be uh, Atlanta, all right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brave. Your second favorite, your second favorite baseball team. <laughs> um, and and the, that school started because in the community, uh, folks had wanted and cried out for, really, a better alternative to the quality of education that we were offering here in New York City. Um, at the time that the Urban Assembly started, the graduation rate was about 47% across New York City. I mean, right now, our graduation rate in Urban Assembly schools is about 91.6%, which we round up to 92. Um, and that's because we solve problems on a consistent basis. We call them generalizable and scalable problems, right? Uh, problems like how do we create motivation and engagement? Problems like how do we uh, invite our community and our, our career folks into our schools? And problems like how do we ensure that the social and emotional development of young people is as important as the academic outcomes that they put up? That's awesome. That's so cool. And the, the, the career pathways that you get, you've identified, I mean, it really is. It's, it's fascinating um, just to look at because I can, I can see, is it, is it by lo location that they uh, focus? Or, I mean, how did, can you talk about that? Because I, I mean, I would think that uh, the New York Harbor School kind of says a little bit about its location and things about it. But uh, can you talk about that just a little bit? I mean, how did, how did they kind of saw, how did you kind of settle on, this is what we're going to focus on out of this yeah. school? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so the first thing we typically do is do a labor market analysis, right? We're, we're trying to work to predict what kinds of jobs are going to be um, in vogue and paying family sustaining wages, not today, but really 10, 15, 20 years down the line, right? So that when our students graduate, they're graduating with the kind of credentials that will allow them to be successful um, not in the, the the current time, but in the growth times. Um, the second way we do this, and, and you kind of mentioned this a little bit, Steve, is uh, we have a school over on Governor's Island, uh, one of the most unique schools, uh, not only in New York City, but in the United States, um, where we're really focused on maritime operations, right? Things like uh, how to pilot a vessel on a, on a river, um, things like how to dive, things like how to grow uh, different kinds of um, animals and plants so that aquaculture is a key skill that they've developed. And, and we're really thinking, what, what does New York City offer our students? Right. It's, it's time to move out of the what could we do better or the deficit, but like what do we have that's unique to our city and how do we elevate that so that our young people can participate in it? And I want to mention that uh, all of our schools are what we call in New York unscreened, which means that every young person who is interested in our school has an opportunity to attend. Um, doesn't matter what your grades were. It doesn't matter um, what your attendance was. If you're interested in attending an urban assembly school, uh, that is the only thing that we care about in making sure that you have that opportunity to get a seat there. I love that. That's cool. Cause you know, unfortunately a lot of people would say, uh, well, you know, get, take this test and let's figure this out, you know, <laughs> and, uh, 
and I gotta I gotta get back to something you just talked about because yeah, you know, there's one of the things that people forget about is this massive harbor that you got. I mean, you guys, there's water up there. You know, it's like yeah. it's like imagine that. That's uh, yeah. um, to take advantage of that. So that's yeah. uh, yeah, so cool. I like that thinking there. They, uh, You're welcome. So let's let's talk about about this. I mean, yeah, you know, why does the Urban Assembly think it's important to offer students while they're still in high school a taste of possible career fields? Because I think that's that's really cool. I mean, Steve, this is a, a, a great question, and, and, and it's not just the Urban Assembly who's doing this, but I would argue we're doing it um, in ways that other people have not thought about. Um, I sit on the, the Mayor's Task Force for the Future of Workforce, and one of the questions that that Mayor's Task Force is uh, wrestling with is how do we ensure that New York City students, how do we ensure that New York City students are the students that are being hired by employers in the New York City ecosystem, Right. Um, and one of the ways that we've been looking at this is when you actually look at who is being hired, um, New York City students are less likely to actually be hired than folks from uh, outside of the, the state and, and really outside of the city. Um, and so we have an opportunity here, right? We have an opportunity to help young people recognize the importance of school and connecting school to the real world. And then we also have an opportunity to help our employers see what our young people can bring to the world of work. Right. So for too long, we've looked at school and we said, you know, the most important thing is to learn calculus or the most important thing uh, is, is maybe to learn, you know, a new ELA curriculum, Ulysses or the Odyssey. But but really, the most important thing is to learn how to solve problems. Right. And when we organize our schools in ways that we take the content and apply it to problem solving, not what you know, but what you do with that knowledge Young people feel a sense of empowerment. They feel like they've, they're learning not just abstract content for the sake of, of a B or an A, but real skills that allow them to be successful. Our goal is to make sure that young people know that they can contribute to their communities, right? And the way to do that is to develop the kinds of skills that allow them to work, but allow them to think, but also allow them to be part of that community process. And that's how our schools are organized. And that's why we're so proud of our alumni who go out there and do great things. And matter of fact, Steve, um, I am looking to attend uh, next week a uh, ceremony for a, a graduate from Harbor School um, who is a captain, I think over in the Hudson River, who actually had uh, saved the lives of two or three folks who had been stranded on the river. And he ran in there, he jumped in the water and he pulled these folks out. And he is a Harbor School graduate from the Urban Assembly, a New York City public school graduate who took the things that we taught them and, and saved lives. And, and that's not the only story of that that we hear, right? So our kids are gonna be our neighbors. Um, our kids are gonna be our partners. They're gonna be our firemen. They're gonna be our finance folks. They're gonna be our, our captains of ships. And when we do right by these kids, they do right by us in the community and in the future that we want to prepare them for. Love it. That's awesome. You know, it's, uh, and it, it, and it's going to lead right into what I'm going to ask you next, which is, you know, so what you're talking about is careers themed and it's, you know, it, so career theme means that there's going to be steps, I guess, and, you know, not just, I guess, but that's a crazy thing to say. I know that uh, there's going to be uh, um, steps in the, in what you're doing because you're trying to encourage them to, to not want to stop their education, I would think. That's right. And, right. and so the next step for most is going to be some sort of college or some sort of next educational program. I mean, how do you think, 
introducing them to the these different career paths is or these career themed education programs is helpful for them to going on to the next step and completing it. Well, Steve, man, uh, this is a really foundational question. Um, most of us, you know, we go to school and maybe we take a post-secondary path like college. And in college, we start to think, you know, what do I want to do with my life? Maybe I want to be a psychologist. Maybe I want to be a teacher. Maybe I want to be a podcaster. And then we go out and we find a degree. Um, and then we get our degree and then we'll go off and we do that thing, right? Uh, what we want to do with the Urban Assembly is really just shift that model on its head. And, 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 and in high school and even earlier, sometimes in, in middle school, we want to say, what do you want to do? And then what is the credential that you need in order to access that career field? You know, most of us know what we see. We know firemen, uh, we know policemen, we know teachers. Um, we know folks who are in front of us, especially youth, right? And, and so we're really kind of constrained by what we see in front of us in terms of what we believe are the opportunities for us in, in the post-secondary post life. But in fact, there are thousands upon thousands of jobs out there for our young people. And some of them are based on certificates and some of them are based on eight years of education and a residency and, and a postgraduate residency. Um, but in fact, they're all jobs. And when we teach our young people how to access those jobs and relationship between that and education, and again, that education can be as simple as going to a boot camp, making sure that your coding skills are what they need, and then getting into the career for, through there, and then taking on what we call stackable credentials, right? Which is where you go back to school and then get more credentials as you want to expand your opportunities in your career field. And then you continue to think, it's about how I learn. It's about how I access credentials to show folks how what I learn is meaningful. And then making sure that that is connected to a career pathway earlier for kids, not just waiting for them to go off, flounder in that post-secondary institution, and then not even graduate with more debt than they went into. Yeah, that is a problem <laughs> about some of that right there. Um, but the, uh, you know, that's, well, it's, it's awesome because, you know, one of the things that when you talk about, uh, you know, the pathways and you're getting them ready for uh, and looking at and thinking, I mean, getting them a chance to see these things. Because, like, I mean, there's some, you know, jobs out there that, uh, you know, maybe you might have a thought about doing. I'll, I'll give you an example. I mean, as a, as a kid, there was a time when what I wanted to do was uh, um, fly jets. Yeah. And uh, I thought that would be really cool. And uh, as I was progressing, trying to pursue these different levels, I, I had a friend of mine who said, you know, Steve, you do understand you don't like roller coasters, right? And I <laughs> said, yeah, you're right there. I said, what's your point? And he said, yeah, well, I think a jet's just a little bit like a very fancy roller coaster that you have control of or not control of. And I said, yeah, you got a point there. So I became an officer in the Army and stayed on the ground. But, you know, it's like. No kidding. Me <laughs> yes, too. I, that's what I was going to ask you about because I was going to yeah. ask you to mention that because you talk about different things that happen along the pathway. So, you, yeah. Um, what was your branch? Uh, signal. Um, communications. Uh, signal. Okay, yeah, signal, yeah signal officer. Absolutely. Yes. I would just get a... I was just clearing and punching in my Singar, uh, Singar's radio. Uh -huh. the other day. some nice. training on that. How to clear it, how to make sure it's got the right frequency. Uh, you know, all the good stuff. Yes. My, my, my comms check. Very good cool. Singar's is cool. They were... Just introducing that as I was coming to the end of my time, which uh, not that, that kind of dates me a little bit, but the uh, I'm a little vintage now. But uh, yeah. it's, 
But that's cool. The, the, the thing I know the most about that radio is how heavy it is in a rucksack. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> it is a heavy piece of equipment when you're carrying it around for a couple of miles. Yeah, I'm not sure that was its original design. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> like when I first got introduced to it, it was on the back of this vehicle and another mm-hmm. one on the back of this vehicle. And they um, did their thing with them and then off they went. And uh, yeah, yeah. it's a cool piece of equipment. Well, you know, the army, uh, any opportunity to create suffering is, is utilized <laughs> to maximum effect, right? Exactly. Training value is what we try to go for. So exactly. I remember that being stuck in my rucksack and, and told Lieutenant Adams, you know, start you marching. Go. That's because we're, we're using the uh, very fancy piece of equipment called the LPC or leather personnel carrier, right? <laughs> That's it. There it is. The LPC it never Ooh. fails you. <laughs> exactly. Nice, nice. Um, that's something that they like to remind you as a signal person that at any moment you are infantry because <laughs> that piece of um, that shelter goes away and you're yeah out there in the out there in the main ground. So you got to shoot, move, and communicate, right? Exactly, exactly. So thank you so much for your service. That is so cool. So thank you for your service. Thank you. I appreciate it. The uh, well, good stuff. That's I was trying to figure out how to creatively get you to. Hopefully mention uh, that there, because yeah, there's all kinds of career fields out there that if people don't know, they don't they don't understand. And I think that's cool that you guys are addressing that. And that's uh, yeah, there's, there's yeah, absolutely. I mean, and what we really want to do is create that exposure for young people and and connect it, like you said, Steve, to to what credentials they need to be successful, right? Because um, I think what we're seeing now is a, a bit of a shift uh, beyond a college education um, as the the key marker of what it means to be successful uh, from employers to more skill focused, right? What can you do with your knowledge, right? And there was a, a time where the, the question of a college degree was, this is a person as a signal or an indicator, is an abstract problem solver reasoner. Um, but across the market now, we're, we're seeing employers really say like, what is your credential? Like, what is it that you know? Uh, but then how do you take what you know and can apply that to whatever it is that we're doing in this field, right? Problem solving, working together in teams, communicating effectively, all the kind of stuff that moves us forward as a community and society when kids do it well and when employers can identify that. That's so awesome. I mean, that's, you know, having these conversations um, with young people to, as, because in many cases they can't, <laughs> they have nothing to compare it to. So if they don't, you've really got to help them figure that out. And, and at least get some ideas, you know, and it's, uh, you know, as little kids, we go through ideas about what we want to do one day. And then as we get a little older, you hope that they're, you want to help them continue those thoughts so they can expand and design, you know, and, and make changes. And like, uh, you know, one of the other things I thought I wanted to be was a veterinarian until I went mm. with an unpaid summer job as, as a helper at a veterinarian. And you know what I learned, I forgot animals die. <laughs> and you know, I go to, uh, I, I can't watch Bambi or Dumbo or movies like that. Cause I'm going to start crying, man. And, um, so, so much with the veterinarian thing, you know, <laughs> and I realized that flying jets was not my thing. And, yeah, you know, and it's just, it's just interesting because if you don't have, you know, I had helpful, uh, family that were, uh, you know, good with you make it you know if this this is the choice you want to make or this not you know here's the things let's try and help you figure this out but trying to help uh kids have those opportunities to to see those things is so important so that they don't maybe trapping themselves in something that somebody else told them they wanted to do or something absolutely i mean we often don't know we don't know um and what i think the challenges of the education system um is it's a relatively closed loop Right. So most educators who are great people who have dedicated their lives to ensuring that young people can contribute to their communities. But but many of them um, 
have been really only involved in the education space. And so the pathways that they understand around um, economic and social mobility are very much tied to the experiences that they've had as educators, which is based in that one system of education. And, and you know, recognizing we have many kinds of systems in our country, um, things like commerce, as you mentioned, uh, the military, right? There are many different ways to create pathways to economic and social mobility. Um, but in, in the sense that our education system is employed by educators, uh, we don't always have the, this perspective beyond, uh, I went to college, I got my teaching degree, I came back and I taught uh, to prepare young people to see the expanse, expanse and the scope of opportunities out in front of them. That's so cool. Just a note, uh, you know, we're talking on uh, a podcast um, and uh, you're in New York, I'm in Georgia. And uh, not so very long ago, this type of equipment would have been beyond the, the realm of most people to be able to afford, even come close to. Yeah. And, uh, and so it, it, does, it helps, you know, connect people and, and have those conversations. And, you know, kids can do it like they do all the time. <laughs> you have uh, your kids' podcasts all the time. And, the, uh, you know, it's, it, it's just cool, the, the different types of things. If they know that it's out there and you give them a chance to figure it out, I mean, like, I mean, there's any number of the technology that uh, there's possibilities out there that, you know, I would have thought was sci-fi at the time if you talked to me when I was a kid. So I, I was just at the Maker Academy. You mentioned that earlier. Um, and I went to that school and I had the greatest feeling ever, Steve. It was the greatest feeling, right? I went into a school and it didn't remind me at all about my high school experience. Nice. You know, because I was like, this is so different. You know, there's nothing like going to a space and you're like, oh, this reminds me exactly of what I did when I went to high school, right? <laughs> yes, that's like bad. 2022, right? Like, right. like we got to make moves. You got to make strides. And I went to the Maker Academy and I was like, you have kids who are working on app development and, and collaborating and working in groups who can really articulate what it is that they're working on and, 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 and connect that to what they're trying to accomplish in the world. I went to the Urban Assembly School for Emergency Management and we were working on CPR techniques. Um, and, and again, kids really being clear about how the skills that they're developing help them be a part of their community. And then they graduate and they feel confident. They're like, you know, I have something to contribute. And you know this in the military, right? That's like one of the key notions. Uh, I have something to contribute to this team. Um, and that gives you a sense of confidence and also gives you a sense of like, I want to get better at this because people are counting on me to be great. So let's make that happen. And that's the sense that our kids, uh, they have when they graduate from our schools, that they're ready to do something in their community. They're ready to contribute uh, something to their society because we help prepare them to do so. That's so awesome. So awesome. And, I, and, and something I want to talk about here goes to me hand in hand with that, which is as they start having a feeling of purpose and so forth, I would think this impacts their identity or their development of identity. Can you talk to that just a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, across the urban assembly schools, you know, we had a couple of news articles and um, one of the things I've noted um, oftentimes when we get written up in the news um, is how often that write-up is about how our young people are contributing to their community. Um, everything from doing cleanups in a community uh, to recognizing um, September 11th heroes, um, to our young people uh, supporting the Billion Oyster Project, which is cleaning up the harbor um, and ensuring that that water is clean and clear uh, for aquaculture, um, to creating community farms and community um, gardens. Our young people recognize that we're investing in them. 
and and it's not just through Ulysses, as we said before, right? It's not just through algebra, because that's what we think is important. Uh, but it's also by listening to our young people and seeing, well, what do you think is important? Um, and then thinking about how we are organizing our skills and our pathways and our learning experiences to reflect what our young people care about. So when you teach something to somebody and they're able to show you what they've learned, um, and and when we say learned, we mean really a behavior, right? Like what has changed in your behavior based on what you know? And that's what we talk about learning. Um, that's That's confidence. Right. That means that I have something to offer my society. I have something to offer my community. I have something to offer my home. I have something to offer my mom and my dad and my friends because you took the time to make sure that I learned it. And when we graduate young people who feel that investment, yeah, they, they feel that we have taken the time not just to teach. We have taken the time to ensure that they learned. They know that they're ready to take care of society. They know they're ready to go do great things. And that is exactly what our alumni do. That's so awesome. This is, this is really cool. They, uh, you know, um, especially, I mean, just from, you know, seeing the importance of the community to creating, helping them with the, you know, developing their own identity and helping them to develop a, a thought about, this is what, you know, I think I want to do something like this for my future. And I just as a <laughs> note, I'm still, um, stuck on the whole fact that, you, like, you have the the graduate who's a, who's piloting a, some big big ship out there, yeah. <laughs> which is really cool. And you know, it's yeah. um, and it, it's just there's just so many awesome things out there that if we give them a chance to to say, huh, I'm curious about that and see where that comes to. Because I mean, I'm sorry, I think it's kind of neat to be able to say uh, um, that I'm a uh, you know former officer and I I used to help. Um, people talk with each other and do all kinds of stuff in the, in the, and just have those communications. And, and, uh, and it's kind of cool to talk about that. Well, I can only imagine what it's like to be able to say, I pilot a giant ship that runs cargo up and down the, the, the river right. or something like this. And I want to, what a neat thing, man. I, yeah. And uh, so cool stuff. So, I, you know, one of the things that I want to ask you is, uh, you know, what guidance can you offer students so that the roadmap to success, you know, helps them graduate and move on and, and pursue whatever thoughts they have. You know, what, what, what type of guidance do you give them as you're, as they're coming through your programs? Well, I mean, the first thing, Steve, is um, that we want to make sure that our students understand that there is a path to post-secondary success. And every young person graduates our school understands that there is a path to post-secondary success. And it doesn't just have to be this traditional path. I graduate, I went to four-year schools, I have a degree, I'm doing this piece. That's a great path. It's been really successful for a lot of folks, right? But not for everyone. And, and those young people, they deserve a chance to contribute to their community too. And I think what happens is uh, when folks think, oh, I didn't get into college or maybe I got into a, a two-year or a certificate program, I'm, I'm less than. You know, I don't have as much to contribute to my space or to my community than folks who went to a four-year degree um, or a different space like that. But in fact, like every single one of us has something worth giving to our community. And as an education system, it is our job to cultivate that, right? And so just reframing that notion that says good four-year degree, bad anything else to say all of us will need to cultivate our skills beyond high school. Let's figure out what that means for you. 
whether it's an ROTC program, right, um, and, and and a branch qualification. Uh, I was an engineer officer, right? So we learned, you know, how to you know, blow things up and put things together, basically. Those were our two kind of like problem sets, right? Um, or, you know, going to a, a, a space and, and, and to be fair, Stephen, I just want to give a shout out to Signal Branch. Signal folks do very, very well in the real world because um, a lot of the things that you guys learn in terms of satellites, have real applications in the civilian context, right? Very much so. so, and the army, you know, we we care about making sure that every single person who comes through our institution learns the thing that we need them to learn, because we need them to do the thing that they need to do in the context of fighting and winning our nation's wars, as you know that, right? And I just wanted to imagine, imagine if our education system had that same level of intent, of commitment, that said, hey. I need you to learn this because I need you to be part of this team and that team is society and that team is your employer, but I need you to be part of this team who's helping our community or society out. And so that's that reframe, right? You don't need to do one pathway to be successful, but every pathway needs to lead to some success for every kid because they all need to contribute to our society. That's so awesome. I, I, I Give me goosebumps right now. This is cool. This is because uh, that's you know that's what we're we're trying to do is you know you figure out how to help them see that um, first of all that there's a future. I've worked with kids who don't they live day to day. I mean, I, yeah. And uh, as far as you know, next week, no, 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 they're living day to day, and yeah. And so it's hard for them, and so you have to help them see those things. You have to have help them create uh, an understanding of what that pathway might mean and uh, um, and that and that they want it, just like you know you're talking about. I mean, it's like you know and and. Um, just, just a nut, the notion though, there is, there's something really cool about being able to blow things up and then rebuild and put something better <laughs> there. <right? laughs> uh, yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. You know, essayance. So, uh, shout out to all the engineer officers out there. I'm doing civil affairs now. Um, and so we are focused on the human terrain and working with, uh, civilian population and understanding their needs and, and the maneuver commander. But, um, yes, there was nothing like dealing with C4 and dynamite and bridging and, uh, and all the great stuff that you did and do as an engineer officer in the United States army reserve. Love that. Love that. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so I was gonna say, don't cut yourself short there, man. That's a, that's awesome <laughs> stuff. And, and what you're doing now is cool too. That's, I mean, that's a whole nother, I mean, it's, it, and to kind of drag that into what we were talking about is that it's like, I mean, that's having these notions that there's these different things that, you know, you know, this is me at the time and this is what I'm excited about. And now how can I meld that into something else? And <laughs> that I'm thinking about and, uh, which is really awesome. I, I, you know, there's there's nothing better than uh, doing all that. There's just when you when you have stories about uh, the different stuff that you've you know participated in. You know, a lot of times kids will go, "How did you do all that stuff?" Well, join the military, and they will give you that opportunity to do all that stuff. That's one way. Yeah, <laughs> but part yeah. of it is also trying to be open to the ideas that you have about uh, you know things you want to do. I think that's that's so awesome what you're talking about. So uh, good stuff. I mean, yeah, so let's. Let's talk about something that we briefly mentioned in the beginning. Um, you created Urban Assembly's Resilient Scholars Program, RSP. Yeah. Tell us what that is. Well, uh, RSP, the Resilient Scholars Program, is a guided implementation model for implementation of high-quality social and emotional learning. Um, it's based on three principles, scan, plan, and act. 
in order to implement, integrate, and sustain high quality social and emotional learning throughout a school or a district, right? So uh, the Resilient Scholars Program serves as the basis of the social emotional learning expansion to all 1600 schools um, in New York City. And we've worked with uh, states and districts across the country, including Tennessee and Virginia and Boston, Los Angeles and Michigan, uh, to think the principles of social and emotional learning and integrate them throughout behavior supports, uh, instructional activities, extracurricular activities, um, and even the adults themselves. So awesome. So uh, they, uh, you know, now do you do training? I mean, how, how does it, how do you get others to, to participate in it and uh, to do, you know, to approach the child, the kids the way you need them to and so forth? I mean, how, t- talk about that just a little bit. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's a, both a, a system, a software system, and it's a people system, right? So uh, we have about 20 folks on our SEL team who uh, support schools across the country and districts across the country. And they come in and uh, schools and districts do what we call SEL implementation. Uh, university, SIU, uh, and they learn about these principles of social and emotional learning, things like how to think about self-management or personal responsibility, how to how to think about things like relationship skills, and then how to integrate them through direct instruction and then practice so that a young person graduates our school ready to do all the things that they need to do to be successful, not just in school, but in life. Right. So that's the work around uh, the, the Resilient Scholars Program and very proud of the growth that it's had and really excited to, to continue to grow um, to support schools and districts across our country. So awesome. So awesome. That's cool stuff. So so let's talk about. So you shared a couple of successes with students. Do you have some others that you'd like to share just, uh, just off the top of your head about, uh, you know, students who've been successful coming through the program and things that they do? I mean, Talk about what, now, Steve, what kind of CEO would I be if, if I didn't have student successes off of the top of my head? So um, <laughs> let me just throw a couple at you here. Uh, I was participating in uh, an equity cabinet for the United Way of New York. And the person who was leading this equity cabinet, her name is Elizabeth. Um, she came up to me and she said, David Adams, are you the CEO of Urban Assembly? She knew I was because I had a name tag that said David Adams, <laughs> CEO of Urban Assembly. Uh, but I said, sure, I sure am. Um, so, you know, my husband graduated from the Urban Assembly School for Design and Construction. Um, she said that was a great experience for him, and he's now a civil engineer. Um, and he he proposed to her recently that they're married. And um, I was so proud of this, Stephen, um, not just because we uh, engage the intellectual development of this young man, right? Not just because he knows how to build bridges, uh, the physical type, um, but because he was a good person. Right. He went off, he got married, he started a family. Um, And that is what we think about when we think about the work we do at the Urban Assembly. Right. It's the whole person that we're investing in. But that's not all. So the other day I was uh, here at my office in 90 Broad and we had a problem with the server and a young person came in to help our server. And he said, you know, I saw your sign on the door. It said Urban Assembly. I said, yeah, that's the sign on the door because that's who we are. And he said, you know, I, I went to an Urban Assembly school. I said, well, Rick, really? He went to the school for uh, Academy for Government and Law. And he said, you know, I went into the Air Force and uh, and I wanted to be a pilot, but it didn't work out. Uh, But I came out and I've been working on servers and developing the skills I have in there um, because I want to get back in and do some work in in the technology field. Um, And this young person came when our Wi-Fi went down and he was like, I got you. I'm going to make sure we get that Wi-Fi back up and make sure we get this fixed. Right. And, And everywhere I go, Stephen. Everywhere I go, I meet our alumni 
who are doing things in community, in relationship with other people, and are improving the society that we live in. Right? Our graduates are our, our, our lawyers and our doctors and our engineers. There are folks who make sure our Wi-Fi is working. There are boat captains. There are teachers. We hire a lot of Urban Assembly alumni in our schools to get back into the teaching field. Right. And I think when you start to understand that every single young person, every single young person who is in our community had a teacher, had a teacher who invested them. They were a student first. Then it, it reminds us that every young person who we put on the path to economic and social mobility returns that seven and tenfold back to our society. Right. Those are our folks. They're getting married. They're saving folks from burning buildings. We had a young person uh, maybe just three or four years ago in our uh, Urban Assembly School for Emergency Management who we certified in CPR, not more than six months later, saved the life of a relative using those CPR techniques um, and, 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 and changed the world in terms of her, uh, I think it was her sister, right? And, and, and she saved her entire life. So this is about young people and understanding our role as educators and preparing our young people to do great things. Um, and every single time we do a great job, we, we produce a, a, a future citizen, a future neighbor. Um, and when we fail, we fail, we have to pay for that cost, right? We have to pay for that cost in things like prisons or, or abuse or drug abuse treatment centers. Uh, we have to pay for that in terms of things like folks who are not working or living their potential. And I think if we understood it that way, I used to run basic training, Stephen, and uh, uh, our, our battalion commander would sit with us and say, how, how much does it cost to get a soldier in basic training? We all knew the answer to this. It was $70,000, right? And he said, all right, you know, how does it cost to, to get a soldier through basic training? And and we all know these numbers. And, and we were uh, encouraged to think about how to get every soldier across the finish line, Um because we had made an investment and not just a financial one, that's an easy thing to kind of like calculate, but uh, we do the same thing for our kids. Now we're spending more than $70,000 to educate our kids in the K-12 system, right? I mean, it's upwards of, of $600,000. Um, and think about what that means for a society when we don't realize that promise, right? Not just in financial terms, but in young people who are ready to contribute. So anyway, I got stories for days, Steve, of our great alumni, saving people's lives, driving boats, doing great things, repairing Wi-Fi, getting married, and just going off and living their lives in ways that we help prepare them to do. So awesome, man. This is so awesome. I love this conversation. The, uh, and, and just as a note, I have to say this, because especially because your connection there. So basic training, you know, was, that's an interesting world. And, uh, um, and you talk about the sergeants that are there and officers that are running it. And, you know, one of the things that uh, it's easy to – I can imagine to lose soldiers if you don't pay attention because some of it, because like I'm the type of person who says, what is this game we're playing, man? I, you know, and I, I, I did my share of pushing the earth away from the sun and I did my, (laughs) you know, and my all time favorite one is, uh, you know, I, I made the mistake of falling asleep, standing up in a line and I, you know, you kind of learn how to do that. And it's sometimes you're just so tired and I, and I dropped my weapon. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah. You got to drop with it. Oh, yeah. And I had to apologize to my baby for dropping my baby. <laughs> and uh, I had to do four count push ups at his cadence. And, I hear uh, that. Um, one, two, three, one. <laughs> here you go. And it wasn't quite like that, though. It was like one, 
<laughs> Two, <laughs> you know, three. Those One. are the best lessons, Steve. <laughs> oh, Learned in oh. slow count in a front leading rest position. Oh, yes. you know, if oh, you yeah. can't learn there, uh, you know, there are bigger problems. So you got that right. But I, I'm not complaining. That's not my point. My point, my point is, is that, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, they're one of the things they were focused on was teaching you not to worry about home, by the way, <laughs> and, you know, make them into the bad guys so that, uh, you know, you get focused on learning your training and do all the good stuff that you did. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's so cool when you think about what we can do in education to help kids, uh, <laughs> And I'm not talking about four count pushups here, but, but you know, but to help them learn how to focus on having a future and uh, the things that are down the road, and that do sometimes we make you know different alternate moves and stuff like this, and it's okay to do those things as we have a plan that we're trying to go through. And I love what you're doing; you're helping those kids find those, figure out those plans and that future. Yeah, Steve. I think at the end of the day, um, if we understand our role as educators is preparing young people to enter society. Um, I think it puts a, a, a real urgency over the work that we do. Um, I was talking to a good friend of mine, Ron Berger, um, from EAL Education, and he works, uh, or he lives up in rural Massachusetts. Um, and he actually, uh, like his students are literally the people in his town, right? Like the butcher, uh, the taxi driver, right? Like they were his students. Um, nice. And I just think we got to remember that. You know, these are our folks, right? And when we do a good job, our, our young people are ready to enter society and community and contribute. Um, and when we fail, it's not just them, it's it's us. We all suffer for not having done as good of a job as we could. And so that's what I would offer in terms of what we think about at the UA, uh, about the role that our K-12 system plays in contributing to the next generation. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Uh, David, before we close, could you let everyone know where they could connect and learn more? Absolutely. If you want to know anything about the Urban Assembly, if you want to work with the Urban Assembly, if you'd like us to come out and work with your schools around social and emotional learning, post-secondary readiness, algebra success, please visit us at theurbanassembly.org, urbanassembly.org, www.urbanassembly.org. Send us a request and we'd be happy to come out and work with your school or district in improving public education. Love it. And uh, I'll have that information in my show notes so it's easy for them to find and uh, to connect to. So good stuff. So I got two last questions to ask you before we go. And uh, there's questions I like to ask my guests. And the first one is, how do you keep going when so much is going on that you may want to quit? Well, Steve, just like uh, anybody else, um, I am a product of those who've invested in me. Um, So this is my my wife, uh, my family, my church, uh, my team in terms of the military my team in terms of the Urban Assembly. I'm very blessed to have folks who contribute to me um, and that contribution shows up every day in a, in a person I bring to, to, to this work. That's awesome, I love it. And uh, David, last question. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who, who, who was it? And what would you say if you're given the chance to say thank you? Well, I wanna give a shout out to uh, Mr. Ron Rago um, at Union High School and he was uh, my band teacher. Um, and he always pushed me to make corrections and don't settle with the mistakes that you've made in the past um, and also push me to excellence. So um, I've had an opportunity to thank him in, in person recently, but I'm going to take this opportunity to thank him again for being a great influence on my life um, and the life of the folks around me. Excellent. I love it. Uh, David, it was so awesome talking to you. You are amazing, man. I love it. This, this is an awesome conversation. You got me pumped up. I'm ready to, pumped to, up and ready to go. Ready thank to you, take Steve. on the world, man. So uh, uh, thanks so much for sharing the Urban Assembly with me and uh, wishing you the best in all you do. Thanks, Steve.
Hey, you have been listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the podcast network based in Canada called Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmaletto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much. You're awesome.